right, welcome in and welcome back to the Running Hoops podcast. This is our season preview series. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by Super Chicks, the home of the last true chicken sandwich. You can visit their website to find their menu and locations at superchicks.com. And remember, it's chicks with an X dot com. On this episode, we take a look at the two teams involved in the Rumble in the Rockies on the hardwood, the Colorado Buffaloes and the Running Utes of Utah. Here's how this is going to work. I'm going to give you some basic info for each team, how they finished last year, where they project this year. We're going to talk about three names you know and three names you should know. Plus, we'll talk about key questions and storylines for each team heading into this year. We'll look at their schedule. We'll pick a breakout player, and I'll tell you where they were picked this season. We will preview the buffs first and then take a little bit deeper dive into the running utes. But first, I want to remind you that you can... Follow the podcast on Twitter at Running Hoops. You can rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. You can obviously get the show wherever you get a podcast, but those ratings and reviews certainly help. But let's dig right into it. Nothing wrong with a little John Denver. To kick off your Colorado Buffaloes preview, nothing wrong at all. The Buffs finished fourth last year in the Pac-12 with a record of 21-12 and 12-8 in league play. They had a first-round bye in the Pac-12 tournament. They ended up in the NIT but fell in the first round at home to St. Bonaventure. They are coached by Tad Boyle. Ten seasons in Boulder for Tad. 254 and 155 and 118 and 110 in Pac-12 play. Colorado lost 60% of its production from a season ago and return 40%. And in the preseason Ken Palm, they are 61. Currently, no bracketology for the Buffs. Now, here are three names you already know. Tristan Da Silva. The brother of former Stanford forward and standout Oscar Da Silva, Tristan comes into 2022 with high expectations. He's a preseason All-Pac-12 selection by the media and is expected to kind of be the man in Boulder. KJ Simpson. Simpson was my pick from Colorado to be on the first team All-Pac-12 in the preseason. He ended up getting an honorable mention nod from the media. His performance against Arizona really sticks out from last year and Tad Boyle has called him the X-Factor for the Buffs this season. And then Neat Clifford, the junior guard, figures to have a bigger role for the Buffs this year. He's a one-time 40% three-point shooter. They're going to need him to return to that form this season if the Buffs want to get where they think they can go. Now, here are three names that you should know. Lawson Lovering, the big seven-footer, highly touted last year, but never really found his footing. I expect him to take a big step forward this season with those holes to fill in the front court. Jalen Gabadon, a fifth-year senior transfer from Yale, one of two four-year Ivy League transfers that Colorado took this offseason. He started 30 of 31 games for the Bulldogs last season and averaged 11.3 points per game. And then finally, Ethan Wright, the other 
Ivy League transfer for the Buffs. Wright comes in from Princeton and started all 30 games for the Tigers last year, averaging 14.7 points per game and nearly 7 rebounds per game. This Ivy League duo is going to be fascinating to watch for Colorado this season, and we'll talk a little bit about that in just a minute. As far as their schedule or key games this year, they got Tennessee on November 13th in Nashville. This is the final leg of a two-for-one that they signed with the Volunteers. It's a neutral site game in Nashville, but certainly an advantage for Tennessee, who figures to be very, very good this season. Colorado is heading to the Myrtle Beach Invitational, which is November 17th through the 20th. They open that against UMass. Then they'll get Texas A&M or Murray State, and then one of Loyola, Chicago, Boise State, Charlotte, or Tulsa. On December 8th, they host Colorado State in the first of a home-and-home against the Rams. And that's really it for key non-conference games for Colorado. They do host Yale this season, so maybe Gabadon gets a little bit of revenge, although I'm sure there's no hard feelings there between him and the Bulldogs. They play in Salt Lake on February 11th and host Utah on the last day of the regular season, March 4th, in Boulder. So another very thin margin type schedule for the Buffs. They ran into this last year. They ended up on the loser's side of the bracket in their MTE, and it really derailed their season despite the fact that they finished fourth in the league. They just didn't have those non-conference wins. If that happens again in Myrtle Beach, Colorado could be in a very similar situation. All right, so what are some of the key questions and storylines for Colorado this year? Well, I've been talking about this all offseason. How do you replace Evan Batty, Jabari Walker, and Keyshawn Bartholomew? That's a ton of production, energy, and leadership to replace. Are guys like De Silva, Simpson, and these Ivy League transfers and Lawson Loverling, some of these other guys, are they up to that challenge? And to that end, will the smart guys be big contributors? You get transfers in from Yale and Princeton. What are those guys going to bring? This is a step up in weight class from the Ivy League to the Pac-12, but they took both of these four-year graduate transfers. So what is that going to bring to the buffs? And then can Tad do it again? It seems like when folks count out Tad Boyle, he comes through, but will we see that this season? Again, he is a very good coach, one of the longest tenured coaches in the league, but I think he's got a big hill to climb this season if he wants to get them back to where they have been historically the last few years. Who is a breakout candidate for them? De Silva is getting the early headlines, but again, I'm going with KJ Simpson. I've got him as a first-team All-Pac-12 player, and he just strikes me as one of these guys that can be the guy. He can go get you that bucket when he needs to. I think he's going to be somebody that can really get some energy going in that crowd in Boulder. And again, I've talked about how tough a venue that can be to go into. So it'll be interesting to see if K.J. Simpson is up to the challenge, but he is my breakout candidate for Colorado. Now, where were they picked? Well, all over the place. The Pac-12 media picked them sixth, which is a big-time nod of respect to Tad Boyle. CBS Sports has them nine. The ESPN Roundtable puts them in a range of seven to nine. The Almanac picked them eighth, and the Running Hoops podcast picked Colorado nine. I do believe at the end of the day that this is a step back year for Tad Boyle 
and the Buffs. They don't have a lot of opportunities in the non-conference, and the opportunities that they have, I think, are going to be really, really tough games. And so you look at that game on March 4th in Boulder, what will the Buffs look like? What will the Utes look like? And what will each team need in that final game? And where will the motivation be? That's a long ways off, but it'll be here before you know it. So certainly some interesting things, but That is our look at the Colorado Buffaloes. We take a deep dive into the running Utes right after these words from one of our sponsors. Hey everybody, are you so excited for the college basketball season that you can't sleep? Well, I might have a solution for you. Pillow Fight. Pillow Fight helps you invest in your rest. Their premium pillows and bedding products will change your life without emptying your wallet. Go to pillow-fight.com to check them out and enter the promo code RUNNINHOOPS at checkout for 20%. That's right, 20% off your first purchase. Again, that website, pillow-fight.com, that promo code RUNNINHOOPS. If not Arizona, then a land not too far away where all parents are strong and wise and capable and all children are happy and beloved. I don't know, maybe it was Utah. All right, well, we've waited all off-season for this. This is the Running Hoops podcast, Running Utes, season preview, and hopefully this will allow us to put last season to bed, finally, and get ready for the upcoming season. So, last year, the Running Utes finished 11th in the Pac-12 with a record of 11-20 and and 4-16 and in the league. They did not have a postseason. Their coach, Craig Smith. After one year at Utah, he is 11-20 and 4-16. and, four and 16. They lost 39% of their production from a year ago, but return 61% of their production from last season. In the preseason Ken Palm rankings, the running Utes, 72. And right now, no bracketology projections for them, though I have seen them projected as a four seed in the NIT. So something to look forward to there. Instead of three names you know and three names you should know, we're going to run down the entire roster, and I'll give you a few words on each player. And that list starts with friend of the podcast, Brandon Carlson, BC. The team's leading returning scorer from a year ago at 13.6 points per game and six rebounds. He's the best player on the team. He's first team all Pac-12, and he is healthy. And when you look at the work that he has put in and the things that he's talked about in this offseason, the things he talked about on Media Day, this is a guy that is dedicated and committed to the running Utes, and he is ready to have a big season. Marco Anthony. Marco Anthony is the glue guy on this team. He's literally the guy that's willing to do anything. He defended positions one through five last year on the court, and he is a fantastic defender. He's in his last year of eligibility with the running Utes, and he did not come back to lose or have a bad-slash-mediocre season. That's for sure. He's one of the great leaders on the team. He's one of the guys that's first in, last out in the gym, and he's also the team's leading rebounder from last year. Raleigh Wooster, the pride of Hellgate High School in Montana, Raleigh had an up-and-down first year with the running Utes, and he played a ton of minutes. And I think that the depth in the backcourt this year is going to help him out quite a bit, help him be more effective. And I think we'll see some big-time performances from Raleigh this season as a result. Gabe Madsen. Madsen suffered a collapsed lung right before last season started, which 
really slowed his progress, but once he got going, it was evident that he could shoot. He ran a little hot and cold last year, but he figures to take a big step forward this year. More on him in a little bit, but I think Gabe Madsen is a player that could really take a big step this season. Lazar Stefanovic really provided a spark as a true freshman, and he got better as the season wore on. Didn't hit that freshman wall that you often see young guys hitting in their first year. I can see him being a high-energy guy that gets the team and the crowd going, maybe a guy that's first off the bench, something like that. Craig has described him as a very smart player, and you need that kind of guy on your team. Jackson Brenchley. Brenchley is the ultimate Utah man. He provides good depth in the backcourt for the running Utes and is one of these guys that can come off the bench and give you six to eight points, a couple rebounds, a couple assists, some big-time free throws, and then not play for two or three games. But he's the ultimate team guy, and he's a guy that's providing depth for the running Utes this year. And then Eli Ballstadt, final name of the returners here. This is his third year. He's a walk-on. He's a great team guy. And the other guys on the team really seem to like him and celebrate his successes. He could be a rotation guy, but with the influx of talent, I think we're just going to have to wait and see on that. And his fashion game before the before the games appears to be quite top-notch, according to the team's Instagram. So something to keep an eye on as well. Now, let's get into the players you will know category. And that starts with Mike Saunders. Mike Saunders comes in from Cincinnati where he averaged 7.3 points per game. Saunders is a scoring guard who's quick and athletic. His presence in the backcourt, we've talked about this all offseason, it's going to take pressure off of Raleigh Wooster, and I think that both guys are really going to have successful years because of that. They're different players, but because of that minutes distribution and because they do different things, Saunders is going to really help Raleigh Wooster, and Raleigh Wooster is going to really help Mike Saunders. I love Mike Saunders in this offense, and I think that he's going to be a big part of the Ute's success this season. Ben Carlson, the transfer from Wisconsin, the other BC on the team. He's a former four-star recruit. He was hampered by injuries at Wisconsin, but he's a big body that's going to help big time in rebounding. And he told me when I had him on the podcast that he can shoot a little bit. So there's going to be an element to his game that maybe some of the opposition doesn't quite know. And maybe he'll hit a couple of jumpers and things like that that will help stretch this offense. But the big thing that he's going to help out at is rebounding. And that is what this team desperately needed. Gavin Baxter. Baxter, the transfer in from BYU, wildly talented, but his career has been defined by his injuries And as many have said, anything that you can get out of Gavin Baxter is a bonus once he's cleared. Now, there was a little bit of confusion. Craig Smith said at Pac-12 Media Days that he wasn't cleared. DeMarlo Slocum said on a recent interview with Bill Riley that he was cleared. So, not totally sure what the deal is there. But, Gavin Baxter is another talented, former four-star, big body, that if he can get healthy and stay healthy, he could really be effective in the minutes that he gets. How about Keba Keita? The first real recruiting win for Craig Smith and company. Keita comes to Utah from right down the road at Wasatch Academy. Coaches have used the word like freak and special, and I think even freakazoid, when it comes to describing his athleticism and his ability. I see Keba as a guy who can come in and really help lock down on the defensive end, protect the rim, 
and get those rebounds to limit the possessions of the opposition, but also get some offensive rebounds to help extend possessions for the running Utes. Will exact. I'm not sure there's been a more intriguing prospect that Utah has signed in the last, I don't know, decade than Will exact. He's another freak athlete. He's drawn comparisons to guys that are in the NBA now, like Lou Dort and Ben Matherin, because they've come from the same program. I think he's the X factor for the running Utes this season. We have no idea what we're going to get from him, but the coaches rave about him. Other players rave about him. He's got the build. He's got the attitude. And I'm super excited to see what he brings to the table. And then finally, Luka Tarlac. Luka's probably the biggest mystery on the team because he comes from Serbia. He's a little bit older. There's not a lot of film on him. And I think a fair question to ask is, will there be minutes for him? We just don't know enough about his game for sure. But I can tell you this, Craig Smith said at Pac-12 Media Day that all three of the freshmen will play this season because they're good enough. So Luka Tarlac, again, along with Will Exact and Kebiketa, you know, these three mysteries, but, but certainly guys that can come in and can help. Also, Brandon Haddock. He's a walk-on, a sharpshooter kind of guy from Texas. And then Hunter Meekum, who is a return missionary that's also a walk-on, didn't want to not mention those guys. So for the Utes, let's talk about the schedule. And you know I've been all over this all offseason. Their schedule and key games include Sam Houston on November 17th as part of the Fort Myers tip-off. It's probably the first decent team they will play. Then they go to the Fort Myers tip-off and they will take on Georgia Tech and then either Marquette or Mississippi State. December 1st, they host Arizona in the Huntsman Center, and December 4th, they travel to Washington State. I believe that's a gettable game for the running Utes, just given the timing of it. It's only going to be Washington State's third home game of the season, and they may be without Deshaun Jackson in their front court. December 17th, another true road game for them at BYU. Again, I think this is a gettable BYU team, but that environment is going to be tough, especially for some of these new guys to come in and play. And then December 21st, they get TCU in Vivint Arena. It's a quasi-home, quasi-neutral game. TCU is a dark horse Final Four team by a lot of experts and publications. Mike Miles, Eddie Lampkin, Emmanuel Miller. It's a loaded team. That's going to be a real test and a real tough matchup. Some other key home games in the Pac-12. January 7th, they host Oregon. January 19th through the 21st, they get the Washington schools in town. February 2nd, they will play Stanford. And then February 23rd through 25th, USC and UCLA come to town the weekend before the final weekend of the season. So as far as key questions and storylines for the running Utes this year, will different work in year two? We know that Craig marches to the beat of his own drummer, but will that approach pay off in his second year up on the hill. I do think, based on what I've heard Craig say recently, that he learned a lot from that first year, and so did the coaching staff, and so did the players that return. I think they're going to be better equipped to compete in the Pac-12, but he's got this different approach, and will it work? What impact will the new guys have? You've got transfers, you've got freshmen, you've got walk-ons. How is that all going to come together, and what impact will the new guys have? That's a big question for the running Utes heading into this season. Chris Burgess, he's back. Will we see the impact on the court? 
I don't know. We know that he's worked with the bigs. We know that he's raved about the bigs. Will we see the bigs elevate their game as a result of having Chris Burgess in the building? And then finally, does Utah have the right guys? Again, we've talked about this all offseason, and Craig talks about miracle. I'm not looking for the best guys. I'm looking for the right guys. Well, he said that these are the right guys. So does that translate into on-court success for the running Utes? A lot of more questions, but those are some of the key ones for me. Let me know what you think some of the key questions are on Twitter at Running Hoops. Who's the breakout candidate this season for the running Utes? Somebody who averaged less than 10 points per game last year. I've spent a lot of time pouring over the numbers and living with this roster in a spreadsheet all off season. So this one is tough for me, but I'm going to go with Gabe Madsen. Based on what I've heard out of practice and some other observations and some things that other people have said, Gabe looks to be the guy that is going to take a giant step forward for the running Utes. If he can be a reliable shot maker for them, the inside out game with Brandon Carlson is going to be really effective, as will the drive and dish game for guys like Mike Saunders, Marco Anthony, Raleigh Wooster. And we know from the last couple of years where we had a guy like Alfonso Plummer, who when he was on, boy, that was really fun, that having that lethal shooter really changes the way that other teams defend you. And again, it's going to open things up for some other guys. So there you have it. Gabe Madsen, your breakout candidate for the running Utes. Now, where were they picked this season? Well, the Pac-12 media picked them 10th. CBS Sports picked them 10th. On the ESPN roundtable, they were picked 10th by everybody but Joe Lenardi, who, of course, we all love and respect. And the Almanac also picked them 10th. But not me. I picked them 7th. What can I say? I believe in this team. I think they've made a lot of really good strides and a lot of really good progress this offseason. And I understand the people that have their doubts, and I understand the people who say, why didn't we use that 13th scholarship? right there with you on that. But I do believe that Craig has got a group of guys that are bought in, that are ready to go. And I think he's got a schedule that's going to put this team in a position to be an NIT team. And with a few other kind of wins, maybe a bubble team. But we'll just have to see that is, as they say, why they play the games. So... There it is, your Colorado Buffaloes and Running Utes season preview. As I've said before, let's go have ourselves a season. I cannot wait for the opener against LIU. I want to thank you, as always, for listening. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Running Hoops. You can like, subscribe, and rate and review on Apple or Spotify. But until next time, I'm Andrew Crowley. This is the Running Hoops Podcast, and as always, go Utes!